Hello and welcome to another episode of Where Butterflies Come From. In this show, we read fairy tales from all over the world and react to them in real time. Hope you like listening as much as we like making it. Enjoy! Alright, we're going back to Hans Christian Andersen. Our favorite Hans. Yes. Do you know any other Hanses? In Grimm's story, there's lots of Hans. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no. I saw they are talking about each other. The Nightingale. Isn't that the uh, the Nightingale? Huh? <laughs> I love like. Oh, this is. <laughs> what? Oh, nothing. I love how whenever I say some. So so this is technically a derogatory term used to refer to Chinese people, but we're just the preface is we're Chinese, so I, I think it's fine for us to say it. And it's also part of the source fiction, so I think it's fine. Florence Nightingale Meadow. Florence Nightingale Meadow. <laughs> you don't know that? No. It's for the nurse. Oh? I have never heard of that. That's kind of very famous hero figure for my education. It's a very strong woman figure, very caring. Yeah. And she did lots oh, of... Oh, your education? Because for China. I see. You're all <laughs> super feminist down there? It's not just you? <laughs> or were, was she the one that you gravitated towards the most? Because while everyone else was busy getting good grades, you're like, strong, independent woman. <laughs> did you do your homework? No, that's a tool of the patriarchy. I didn't say it because... It, as a woman, but more like uh, representing my nine years Chinese education. I see. So, Is that okay? I see, I see. You're, okay, so after nine years of Chinese education, the only takeaway you had from that whole thing was Florence Nightingale. No, it's okay. like he's a hero. She, not he, she, she uh-huh. is a hero. Uh-huh. That Red Cross. Mm-hmm. That's the community. Uh-huh. They honor her for being a woman, a fast <laughs> nurse, <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm which is no <laughs> gender requirement. Uh. Why well, I'm already tired? <laughs> <clears throat> oh, I almost choked on that. <laughs> I almost. <laughs> Feel it's time to sleep already. <laughs> <laughs> okay, should I start? Yeah, <laughs> okay. like start, like refresh, like start, start. <clears throat> the Nightingale by Hans Christian Andersen. In China, you know, the emperor is a Chinese. <laughs> This is so racist. Okay, okay. <laughs> this is not. Why do you take it that way? No, it's okay. Fine. I'm going to read this as... For me, being more Chinese, is, I think it's a nice thing to say. Okay. Mm. In China, you know, the emperor is a Chinese. And all those about him are Chinamen also. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? What is a Chinaman? It's a, a man from China. 
it's a derogatory term for people who from from China. It used to be like a bad thing that you call them, but it's not really that bad, as Norm Macdonald kind of pointed out. Like Chinaman is just the China man. You what know? about China woman? Okay, this isn't. <laughs> Why do you always have to fuck your goddamn so, agenda? <laughs> so Chinese equals Chinaman. Yeah. In a derogatory way. Now we just say、uh, that fella there from China. I don't think anything wrong like Superman, Spider Man, China Man. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of cool, isn't it? It's yeah, yeah. It's fine. It's fine. I think it's the the culture who's really that's really skittish about this. But I I think you're right in general. There's nothing wrong with that term, as far as I can tell. Anyway. The story I'm going to tell you happened a great many years ago, so it is well to hear it now before it is forgotten. The emperor's palace was the most beautiful in the world. It was built entirely of porcelain and very costly, but so delicate and brittle that whoever touched it was obliged to be careful. In the garden could be seen the most singular flowers with pretty silver bells tied to them, which tinkled so that everyone who passed could not help but notice the flowers. Indeed, everything in the emperor's garden was remarkable, and it extended so far that the gardener himself did not know where it ended. Okay, those who traveled beyond its limits knew that there was a noble forest with lofty trees sloping down into the deep blue sea, and the great ships sailed under the shadow of its branches. In one of these trees lived the nightingale, who sang so beautifully that everyone within a four-mile radius went. <laughs> It doesn't say how loud they sing. It Who just sang, sings、sorry. beautifully. What's the problem with beautifully? I, I, I just got sidetracked.、Uh, in one of these trees lived a nightingale who sang so beautifully that even the poor fishermen, who had so many other things to do, would stop and listen. Sometimes, when they went at night to spread their nets, they would hear her sing and say, "Is not that beautiful?"、Mm-hmm. But when they returned to their fishing, they forgot the bird until the next night. Then they would hear it again and exclaim, "Oh, how beautiful is the nightingale's song!" Oh, they forget. So when they hear the song, they forget what they're doing at the moment, and after the song, they forget about the bird. <laughs> so they're always hearing it for the first time, and they will forget what they were doing. So they always forget something. <laughs> okay. This seems like this doesn't seem very good for continuity. <laughs> uh, so I think it's the same song. That's why, because it's the most beautiful, the most. That's the one song. Okay. So you cannot remember it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I see. Well, if okay, <laughs> fine. Travelers from every country in the world came to the city of the emperor, which they admired very much, as well as the palace and gardens. But when they heard the nightingale, they all declared it to be the best of all. How if they forget? They don't forget the song. They don't forget the bird. They forget the song. All right. And the travelers on their return home related what they had seen, and learned men wrote books containing descriptions of the town, the palace, and the gardens. But they did not forget the nightingale. The bird. Sh- sure. Which was really the greatest wonder. And those who could write poetry composed beautiful verses about the nightingale, who lived in the forest near the deep sea. 
The books traveled all over the world, and some of them came to the hands of the emperor. And he sat on his golden chair, and, as he read, he nodded his approval every moment, for it pleased him to find such a beautiful description of his city, his palace, and his gardens. But when he came to the words, the nightingale is the most beautiful of all, he exclaimed, What is this? I know nothing of any nightingale. Is there such a bird in my empire, and even in my garden? I have never heard of it. Something, it appears, may be learnt from books. Interesting. That's how you know books are great. Uh. He called one of his lords in waiting, who was so high bred, more like inbred, <laughs> that when any <laughs> <laughs> that when any in an inferior rank to himself spoke to him or asked him a question, he would answer "poo," which means nothing. <laughs> What does it mean? <laughs> okay. How is this going? It's just it's hey, it's Chinese. Okay, <laughs> this is this is a little. <laughs> What's poor in Chinese? Do you think? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't well, know. It, well, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> That's why it meant, means nothing. So she, he make a sound、uh-huh. whenever、uh, people with lower rank talk、huh. to her, talk to him. So yeah. Just like. Yeah, but this is in reference to one of his lords in waiting, who was really high bred. Okay. There is a very wonderful bird mentioned here, called the nightingale. Said the emperor, "They say it is the best thing in my large kingdom. Why have I not been told of it?" I have never heard the name," replied the cavalier. "She has not been presented at court. It is my pleasure that she shall appear this evening," said the emperor. "The whole world knows what I possess better than I do myself." I have never heard of her," said the cavalier. "Yet I will endeavor to find her." Interesting. I I think the empire is like very care like what other people think about his kingdom. You know those Chinese people. <laughs> what those? Always care too much about what other people think. It's like yesterday we had the Five Guys. They quote like how magazines say how good they are. <laughs> the burgers. <laughs> <Yes> . <laughs> Says New York Times. <laughs> so this is like the book says the nightingale is something. Uh huh. So he want want to like. Yes. Do more about it. But where was the nightingale to be found? The nobleman went upstairs and down through halls and passages. Yet none of those whom he met had heard of the bird. So he returned to the emperor and said that it must be a fable invented by those who had written the book. Your imperial Majesty," said he, "cannot、What? believe everything contained in books. Love is a powerful thing." Okay, sorry, I won't do that voice. Don't do that. What's wrong with you? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's not no.、Mm. Unless you just do Chinese Chinese. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not racist. 本人也是中国人 This I'm gonna cut that part out. No. <laughs> No, I have to defend myself. All right, your imperial majesty. Defend your life. <laughs> your imperial majesty said he cannot believe everything contained in books. Sometimes they're only fiction, or what is called the black art, the fiction, aka the black art. Ah, I see. I、yes. agree. Fiction is the black art. Hey, Mo Fan, it's a good thing. 
<laughs> like a magical box. I don't know. I think they're der- I think they're deriding imagination. I think so. Yes, that's why Chinese people are very practical. No, I think at the time, I I don't know what time is this, though. Sixteen eighty four. But we have lots of fictions and no, legend. Yeah. So why is it called the Black Art? Maybe to Hans Christian Andersen. Chinese people are not anyway. But the book in which I have read this account, said the emperor, was sent to me by the great and mighty emperor of Japan, and therefore it cannot contain a falsehood. I will hear the nightingale. She must be here this evening. She has my highest favor. And if she does not come, the whole court shall be trampled upon after supper is ended. <laughs> trampled upon by what? So to like Hans, like Chinese emperor is like a friend of a Japanese emperor the same book goddamn, club goddamn traitors <laughs> to the empire everyone just know each other and just recommending books what could this possibly be? Ting Pen T-S-I-N-G dash P-E Ting Pen <laughs> so fucking racist. <laughs> what do you mean? This is thinly veiled racism. Okay, what? Okay, if you can figure out what this is. What do you mean? Figure it out. You mean like translate it to you? What? Do, what is? What is it trying to say? Singpe. Maybe it will make sense when you keep reading it. Singpe cried the Lord in waiting, and again he ran up and down the stairs. Through all the halls and the corridors, and half the court ran with him, for they did not like the idea of being trampled upon. There was a great inquiry about this wonderful nightingale, whom all the world knew, but who was unknown to the court. At last they met with a poor little girl in the kitchen, who said, Oh yes, I know the nightingale quite well. Indeed, she can sing. Every evening I have permission to take home my poor sick mother the scraps from the table. She lives down by the seashore. And as I come back, I feel tired, and I sit down in the wood to rest and listen to the nightingale's song. Then the tears come into my eyes, and it is just as if my mother kissed me. Little maiden, said the lord-in-waiting, I will obtain for you constant employment in the kitchen, and you shall have permission to see the emperor dine, if you will lead us to the nightingale, for she is invited for this evening to the palace. I saw somewhere it's an explanation about the Qingpei. Okay. Oh, okay. The Franks are probably nonsense, but Dal Nielsen and Howen saying that it may be a variant of Chinese Qing Pei. Qing Pei. Or oh, as you please. I don't know. It doesn't make sense in that context, but fine. Let's see. Um, Little maiden, said the lord-in-waiting, I will obtain for you constant employment in the kitchen, and you shall have permission to see the emperor dine, if you will lead us to the nightingale. For she is invited for this evening to the palace. So she went into the wood where the nightingale sang, and half the court followed her. As they went along, a cow began lowing. Oh, said a young courtier, now we have found her. What a wonderful power for such a small creature. I have certainly heard it before. No, that is only a cow lowing, said the little girl. We are a long way from the place yet. Then some frogs began to croak in the marsh. 
Beautiful, said the young courtier again. <laughs> Now I hear it tinkling like little church bells. I think it's me, like being tone deaf. <laughs> uh huh. Whatever I hear, like oh, beautiful.、Mm-hmm, that's it. Mm-hmm. No, those are frogs," said the little maiden. "But I think we shall soon hear her now." And presently the nightingale began to sing. "Hark, hark! There she is," said the girl. "And there she sits," she added, pointing to a little gray bird who was perched on a bow. "Is it possible?" said the lord in waiting. "I never imagined it would be a little plain, simple thing like that. She has certainly changed color at seeing so many grand people around her." "Little nightingale," cried the girl, raising her voice. Our most gracious emperor wishes you to sing before him, with the greatest pleasure," said the nightingale, and began to sing most delightfully. Aww. It sounds like tiny glass bells," said the lord in waiting. "And see how her little throat works. It is surprising that we have never heard this before. She will be a great success at court." "Shall I sing once more before the emperor?" asked the nightingale, who thought he was present. "My excellent little nightingale," said the courtier. I have the great pleasure of inviting you to a court festival this evening, where you will gain imperial favor by your charming song. My song sounds best in the green wood," said the bird. But still, she came willingly when she heard the emperor's wish. The palace was elegantly decorated for the occasion, and the walls and floors of porcelain glittered in the light of a thousand lamps. Beautiful flowers, round which little bells were tied, stood in the corridors. What with the running to and fro and the draft. That these bells tinkled so loudly that no one could speak to be heard. In the center of the great hall, a golden perch had been fixed for the nightingale to sit on. The whole court was present, and the little kitchen maid had received permission to stand by the door. She was not installed as a real court cook. All were in full dress, and every eye was turned to the little gray bird when the emperor nodded her to begin. The nightingale sang so sweetly that the tears came into the emperor's eyes, and then rolled down his cheeks. As her song became still more touching and went to everyone's heart, the emperor was so delighted that she declared the nightingale should have his gold slipper to wear around her neck. But she declined the honor with thanks; she had been sufficiently rewarded already. I have seen tears in an emperor's eyes," she said. "That is my richest reward. An emperor's tears have wonderful power, and are quite sufficient honor for me." Then she sang again more enchantingly than ever. Cute. That singing is a lovely gift," said the ladies of the court to each other, and then they took water in their mouths to make them utter the gurgling sound of the nightingale when they spoke to anyone, so that they might fancy themselves nightingales. And the footmen and chambermaids also ex- expressed their satisfaction, which is saying a great deal, for they are very difficult to please. In fact, the nightingale's visit was most successful. She was now to remain at court to have her own cage. With liberty to go out twice a day and once during the night, twelve servants were appointed to attend her on these occasions, who each held her by a silken string fastened to her leg. There was certainly not much pleasure in this kind of flying. The whole city spoke of the wonderful bird, and when two people met, they said "nighting," and the other said "gale," <laughs> and they understood what was meant, for nothing else was talked of. Eleven peddlers' children were named after her, but not of them could sing a note. Nineteen. Gale. <laughs> Gale. Ugh. What? What if it's nighting and an ale? 
Nightingale. <laughs> Nighti- Nightingale. Okay, no. All right. Anyway. One day the emperor received a large packet on which was written the nightingale. Here is no doubt a new book about our celebrated bird, said the emperor. But instead of a book, it was a work of art contained in a casket, an artificial nightingale made to look like a living one and covered all over with diamonds, rubies, and sapphires. As soon as the artificial bird was wound up, it could sing like the real one and could move its tail up and down, which sparkled with silver and gold. Round its neck hung a piece of ribbon on which was written, the emperor of Japan's nightingale is poor compared with that of the emperor of China's. Jesus. Okay, there's a footnote here. The original translation is, the emperor of China's nightingale is poor compared with that of the emperor of Japan's. This certainly was not what Anderson intended. I'm grateful to Ida Holst for pointing the error to me. (laughs) This originally said the other one. I'm not getting this thing. What what do you what does it mean? So there's an artificial bird. What's an yeah. artificial bird? It's a gift, I guess. Artificial nightingale makes it look like a living one, covered all over with diamonds, rubies, and stuff. How do you make that? With craftsmanship. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. That that can sing, it, or it's like recording the real one. It doesn't sing. Oh wait, no, it is. It's wound up like. <laughs> It's like a music box. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) This is very beautiful, exclaimed all who saw it. And he who had brought the artificial bird received the title of Imperial Nightingard Bringer in Chief. Now they must sing together, said the court. And what a duet it will be. But they did not get on well. For the real nightingale sang in its own natural way, but the artificial one sang only waltzes. This well, it's boom, 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 boom. It's bum, 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 That's bum, what I meant, so <laughs> thank Okay, you. all right. The, the one I was playing is a waltz. That's Chopin's waltz. Ah. Oh. So the left hand goes bum, 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 Thank you for showing up, but that's only making you an artificial bird. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I carried away there. This is not a fault, said the music master. It is quite perfect to my taste. So then it had to sing alone and was as successful as the real bird. Besides, it was so much prettier to look at, for it sparkled like bracelets and breast pins. Three and thirty times did it sing the same tunes without being tired. The people would gladly have heard it again, but the emperor said the living nightingale ought to sing something. But where was she? No one had noticed her when she flew out at the open window back to her own green woods. What strange conduct, said the emperor, when her flight had been discovered. And all the courtiers blamed her and said she was a very ungrateful creature. This is exactly what you were saying. Like, you don't get juries. Same people just love juries that much. No, it's because they could, this, this is a robot that can sing. Like, it's more intelligent. I guess this is more like an MP3 player. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, but do you, you know, it's 
I think it's very recently that it's Luo Tianyi's the birthday. Do you know who's Luo Tianyi? Luo Tianyi is a Chinese vocaloid developed formerly by Beat. Oh wow, she's cute. She's like a, a Hatsune Miku. Yeah, 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 yeah. The same idea. Boy. All right. I'm just gonna keep reading. Okay. But we have the best bird after all," said one. And then they would have the bird sing again, although it was the thirty-fourth time they had listened to the same piece. And even then, they had not learned it, for it was rather difficult. As Lair says. <laughs> uh huh. But the music master praised the bird in the highest degree, and even asserted that it was better than a real nightingale, not only in its dress and the beautiful diamonds, but also in its musical power. For you must perceive, my chief lord and emperor, that with a real nightingale, we can never tell what is going to be sung, but with this bird, everything is settled. It can be opened and explained, so that people may understand how the waltzes are formed and why one note follows upon another. Yeah, people just love to control things. They don't appreciate the wonder.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what's the vocaloid. Mhm. Vocaloid. Vocaloid. Losing things. Uh huh. This is exactly what we think. They all replied, and they 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 would like things to be well more. Complex and controlled, yeah.、Uh-huh. Yeah, like K-pop Barbies. This is exactly what we think. They all replied, and then the music master received permission to exhibit the bird to the people on the following Sunday, and the emperor commanded that they should be present. That they should be present to hear it sing. When they heard it, they were like people intoxicated. However, it must have been with drinking tea, which is quite a Chinese custom. They all said, "Oh!" and held up their forefingers and nodded. But a poor fisherman who had heard the real nightingale said, "It sounds prettily enough, and the melodies are all alike. Yet there seems something wanting. I cannot exactly tell what." <laughs> and after this, the real nightingale was banished from the empire, and the artificial bird placed on a silk cushion close to the emperor's bed. The presents of gold and precious stones which had been received with it. Were round the bird, and it was now advanced to the title of little imperial toilet singer. And to the rank of number one on the left hand, number one. <laughs> and to the rank of number one on the left hand, for the emperor considered the left side on which the heart lies, as the most noble, and the heart of an emperor is the same place as that of other people. I like. I love how they had to just be like it's on the same side for emperors too. <laughs> Ah,、uh. the music master wrote a work in twenty-five volumes about the artificial bird, which was very learned and very long and full of the most difficult Chinese words. Yet all the people said they had read it and understood it for fear of being thought stupid and having their bodies trampled upon. Jesus, it's rough. So the bird singing in Chinese words? Yeah, I guess so. Complicated Chinese words. So a year passed. And the emperor, the court, and all the other Chinese knew very knew every little turn in the artificial bird's song, and for that same reason, it pleased them better. They could sing with the bird, which they often did. The street boys sang z z z cluck cluck cluck. Oh, this that's the latest K-pop track. And the emperor himself could sing it also. It was really most amusing. 
One evening, when the artificial bird was singing its best, and the emperor lay in bed listening to it, something inside the bird sounded whiz, and then a spring cracked, whirr. When all the wheels were when all the wheels running around, and the, and then the music stopped. The emperor immediately sprang out of bed, called for his physician. But what could he do? Then they sent for a watchmaker, and after a great deal of talking and examination, the bird was put into something like order. But he said that it must be used very carefully, as the barrels were worn, and it would be impossible to put in new ones without injuring the music. Now there was great sorrow. I feel like this is just some under engineering misunderstandings. <laughs> what if they could just mass produce the nightingale? You know. This is not about that. Have you seen Hugo the movie? I think I see, but I don't remember anything. The, the, like there's a little mouse, there's a mm. tinker toy, and they have to fix it. Let's see. As the barrels are worn, okay. Now there was great sorrow as the bird could only be allowed to play once a year, and even that was dangerous for the works inside it. Then the music master made a little speech full of hard words and declared that the bird was as good as ever, and of course, no one contradicted him. Five years passed, and then a real grief came upon the land. The Chinese were really fond of their emperor, and now he lay so ill that he was not expected to live. Already a new emperor had been chosen, and the people who stood in the street asked the lord-in-waiting how old the emperor was, but he only said poo and shook his head. Okay. Cold and pale lay the emperor in his royal bed. The whole court thought he was dead, and everyone ran away to pay homage to his successor. The chamberlains went out to have a talk on the matter, and the ladies' maids invited company to take coffee. Cloth had been laid down on the halls and passages so that not a footstep should be heard and all was silent and still. But the emperor was not yet dead, although he lay white and stiff on the gorgeous bed with the long velvet curtains and heavy gold tassels. A window stood open, and the moon shone in upon the emperor and the artificial bird. The poor emperor, finding he could scarcely breathe with a strange weight on his chest, opened his eyes and saw death sitting there. He had put on the emperor's golden crown and held in one hand his sword of state and the other his beautiful banner. All around the bed and peeping through the long velvet curtains were a number of strange heads, some very ugly and others lovely and gentle looking. These were the emperor's good and bad deeds, which stared at him in the face now death sat at his heart. Mm -hmm, okay. Do you remember this? Do you recollect that? They asked one another, thus bringing to his remembrance circumstances that made the perspiration stand on his brow. I know nothing about it, said the emperor. Music, music, he cried. The large Chinese drum, that I may not hear what they say. But they still went on, and death nodded like a Chinaman to all they said. Music, music, shouted the emperor. You little precious golden birds, sing, pray, sing. I have given you gold and costly presents. I have even hung my golden slipper round your neck. Sing, sing. But the bird remained silent. There was no one to wind it up, and therefore it could not sing a note. Death continued to stare at the emperor with its cold, hollow eyes. This reminds me of a very sad thing. Like uh, when people get old, you know, if you are just alone, but you are like rich, you can't get people taking care of you. Uh -huh. But they will just 
taking care of you in a survival level, like giving you food, giving you. They won't just like care you. Mm-hmm. Mm. I was listening to a podcast, like say, uh, her grandma was taken care of by this, uh, how hourly paid mm-hmm. lady, and. Uh, like the their TV is broken for like three months, and nobody noticed. Mm-hmm. And uh, when she go visit the grandma, she help her to put on her favorite show mm-hmm. to watch. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, it will be the most precious thing is when you <laughs> lie on the bed die and still someone can put on your favorite TV show for you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. Uh, it's, it's like that. It's the they don't really care about this king. They won't turn on the bird for him. Not caring enough. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um. Yeah, that's sad. Oh. I I I kind of don't. I I don't understand where this is going. Going with which is going? What's the message here? For the story, I、mm. think the real bird gonna come. That's okay. Yeah. Let's see. Death continued to stare at the emperor with his cold, hollow eyes, and the room was fearfully still. Suddenly, there came through the window the sound of sweet music. Outside, on the bow of a tree, sat the living nightingale. She had heard of the emperor's illness, and was therefore come to sing to him of hope and trust. And as she sung, the shadows grew paler and paler. The blood in the emperor's veins flowed more rapidly, and gave life to his weak limbs. And even death himself listened and said, "Go on, little nightingale, go on."、Oh. Mm-hmm. Then will you give me the beautiful golden sword and that rich banner? Will you give me the emperor's crown? Said the bird. What? So death gave up each of these treasures for a song, and the nightingale continued her singing. She sang of the quiet churchyard where the white roses grow, where the elder tree wafts its perfume on the breeze, and the fresh sweet grass is moistened by the mourner's tears. Then death longed to go and see his garden, and floated out through the window in the form of a cold white mist. Thanks, thanks, you heavenly little bird. I know you well. I banished you from my kingdom once, and yet you have charmed away the evil forces from my bed, and banished death from my heart with your sweet song. How can I reward you? You have already rewarded me," said the nightingale. "I shall never forget that I drew tears from your eyes the first time I sang to you. These are the jewels I rejoice a singer's heart. But now sleep and grow strong and well again. I will sing to you again." And as she sung, the emperor fell into a sweet sleep. And how mild and refreshing that slumber was! When he awoke, strengthened and restored, the sun shone brightly through the window. But not one of his servants had returned. They all believed he was dead. Only the nightingale still sat beside him and sang. "You must always remain with me," said the emperor. "You shall sing only when it pleases you, and I will break the artificial bird into a thousand pieces." "No, do not do that," replied the nightingale. The bird did very well as long as it could. Keep it here still. I cannot live in the palace and build my nest. But let me come when I like. I will sit on a bough outside your window in the evening and sing to you. 
so that you may be happy and have thoughts full of joy. I will sing to you of those who are happy and those who suffer, of the good and the evil who are hidden around you. The little singing bird flies far from you in your court to the home of the fishermen and the peasants caught. I love your heart better than your crown, and yet something holy lingers around that also. I will come, I will sing to you, but you must promise me one thing. Everything, said the emperor, who, having dressed himself in his imperial robes, stood with the hand that held the heavy golden sword pressed to his heart. I only ask one thing, she replied. Let no one know that you have a little bird who tells you everything. It will be best to conceal it. So saying, the nightingale flew away. The servants now came in to look after the dead emperor, when lo, there he stood, and to their astonishment said, Good morning. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And he lived happily ever after. And they lived happily ever after. The end. <laughs> I like that one. Uh-huh. Um, it, felt, it felt a little bit all over the place. I feel like thematically, the role of the bird was not very established. You know, like, oh, yeah, you, they replaced it with a mechanical one. But it was the music that kept the, the, the emperor healthy. Yeah. I see. Uh, it's the... It's the power of caring. <laughs> yeah, but then it's like, it's, it was playing with themes of like what it means to be real and what it means to not be real. And I feel like maybe it's like, I don't know. Was it, is it saying like the soul of it, which that was the thing that was restorative, but it wasn't because the mechanical bird did the job too. But he that mechanical one cannot save the king's life. Because it was worn out. Right? Because no one turned it on. I see. Why didn't anyone turn it on? Nobody cares. That's... I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I think you're just stretching. Uh, it's The blessing is best in coming from a true heart. Right. The blessing is... Yeah, but it's good enough. <laughs> even if it doesn't. Even if it comes from an artificial one that needs to be wound up. I guess in now, since in this real world, they both exist. So. Yeah, yeah. And like going forward, there's going to be a lot, a lot of good like robot technology that makes being old like a lot easier to manage. Yeah. Yeah. And so maybe we can solve our problems with technology as long as we don't lose the human touch. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it's the other thing is the robot thing is more like in control as the dealing with people is. I guess like it set it set up those themes but didn't do anything with it. Did take a little bit. Like a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if the moral that you're going for is that real things are better, then... Yeah, the fishermen notice something is missing. Whoever here, the real one, they know notice something. Before yeah. the general public, I guess it's the same thing. Yeah, I guess it's not... It... <sighs> what it's about can't be what it's about. 
Otherwise, it's too predictable. I kind of like that it kind of goes all over the place and explores a lot of different things. And kind of, I think a good fairy tale leaves a lot up to the reader's interpretation. Mm. Yeah. It doesn't do the most obvious thing. Which is frustrating, but kind of cool at the same time. Oh, I think this story goes well with the Grateful Crane. The Grateful Crane. Which one was that again? Oh, that one. Yes, the Japanese one. Mm, that one you just forgot immediately. Yeah. <laughs> um, why does it go well with the Grateful Crane? They both have birds. Wouldn't it be cool if, like, w- there was also there was an artificial crane? <laughs> so first of all, and it can produce the silk without like losing little patches of hair on itself. And the and and the couple was like, okay, we don't need you anymore. We'll just use the fake crane. And it's like a synthetic polymer that feels just as good as the real silk. No. All right. Uh. You don't put everything in your a uh, practical gaze. Because <laughs> this bird also asked the emperor not to tell anyone. Promise me one thing you don't tell anyone. Oh. Yeah, and then one day he tells... And then and then the bird was like, you broke my one promise. And now the bird goes away and the emperor has to die again. Until during his deathbed, they fixed the fake one. <laughs> and Where the fake, are you going with and, this? And the fake one sings Can so sweet. Can you not be this realistic? And the, the fake one sings so sweetly and beautifully to him that he uh, gets a soul. That the fake one gets a soul. And it's become like... A little mermaid. No, like a P, P, Pinocchio. 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 Yeah, and the real bird, and the, yeah, and it can go on and on. And they become, oh, they can have babies. Who can have babies? <laughs> the two birds. Oh, uh, I thought you meant the fake bird and the emperor. <laughs> and the baby gonna be another emperor or another bird? <laughs> Both. <laughs> Ah, uh, the the little emperor that was also a wind up bird. <laughs> so that was a nightingale, huh? Okay. Yes. Japanese fairy tales: The Grateful Crane. One snowy night, a young woman appears at the door of an old couple. This classic Japanese fairy tale is a story of trust and secrets. <laughs> you, you also read that like introduction part? <clears throat> a night visitor. A long time ago, an old man and woman lived a poor life, scraping by as best they could. The man gathered firewood in the ne- nearby hills, and the woman wove cloth at her loom. One day, on the way back from selling his firewood in the town, the man felt a crane in a trap. The harder it struggled to escape, the tighter it was caught. Hush there, don't move, the old man whispered. When he cut the bird free with a slash of its knife, it flew off towards the hills.
By the time he got home, it was dark and snow had been falling for some time. As he was telling his wife what had happened, there was a knock on the door, and the old woman opened it, wondering who might be there. I'm sorry to disturb you so late, but I lost my way in the blizzard, said the young woman standing in the snow. Could I stay here tonight? The old couple agreed at once. They are nice people. The snow kept falling through the next day and the next. The young woman continued to stay with the old couple, cooking, washing, and massaging their backs before bedtime. They grew fond of her, and as time passed, they began to think of her like their own daughter. Okay. One morning, the young woman said she'd like to weave some cloth, but when I'm at the loom, don't look into the room to see what I'm doing. You have to promise. The old couple agreed. The clattering loom. The young woman worked all the way through the day and deep into the night. The clattering of the loom barely let up for three whole days, while the old woman bu busied herself with chores in the main room. Finally, on the third evening, the young woman emerged with a roll of cloth and said, Take this to town and sell it tomorrow. It was the most beautiful cloth the old couple had ever seen. The next day, the old man went into town carrying the roll of cloth. When he struck a deal to sell it, he was astonished by how much money it fetched. The merchant pressed him to promise he would return if he ever had such fine material again. The old couple talked in wonder of how much more comfortably they could live and hesitantly asked the young woman if she could make another roll. Once again, the clattering of the loom filled the house. The old woman listened through the closed door each day, and when her husband came home late on the third evening, she said, I wonder how she does it. Just then, the young woman brought out the second roll of cloth. That's it. This is the last one, she told the couple. In the dim light, she seemed shrunken somehow. But after the old man sold the second roll of cloth, she and his wife asked if she could make just one more. A revelation. It took some persuasion, but finally the young woman agreed. The old man came home earlier from collecting firewood each day. He was so eager to see the next roll of cloth. The old couple whispered together on the third evening, wondering how it could be possible to produce such magnificent material on their ordinary loom. We could just open the door the tiniest part, the man said. She won't notice at all. When softly they pushed the door open and peeped through the crack, however, they observed the most remarkable sight. A crane was plucking its own feathers with its beak and weaving them on the loom. They were transfixed for several moments staring at the bird, until the man touched his wife's shoulder. They shuffled backward, and he slid the door shut hurriedly. It was not much later that the young woman came out, looking frailer than ever. Silently, she handed the third roll of cloth to the old man. Then she turned away. You promised that you wouldn't watch me working, but you broke your word. I'm the crane you saved from the trap, and I came here to show my gratitude, but I can't live here with you any longer. She stepped outside the house and transformed back into her original form, where she had been richly covered with feathers. When the man first encountered her in the trap, though, there were now bare patches across her body. As the old couple looked on behind her, she launched herself into the air and, with one sonorous cry, flew like an arrow toward the horizon. Mm -hmm. The end.